Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up, guys? Coach Steve here. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner. Today, I'm joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? Hi, Coach Steve. I am really good. What number is this episode? This is episode number 11, Legs 11. Wow. It's uh, we're in the double digits. We're on this way, and one one isn't that like a, a lucky number in, in in some parts of the world? Yeah, for sure. I don't know what parts, but definitely, usually one is a lucky number. Um, definitely. Well, two ones must be luckier than one one, right? Except two ones make two, so I'm not sure. Ah, oh, one one one. Because I think maybe like one plus zero, like ten, is a lucky number. But I would love someone to actually um, verify this information because i'm not so sure so yeah. tell us tell us oh. what 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 11 means yeah yeah hmm. interesting le- le- episode number 11 of the coach's corner coach's corner where we offer our tip for the week but mm-hmm. nick let's uh let's jump right to it we're in our little ring little boxing ring you're in the red corner i'm the blue corner um let's talk tips what advice do you have for us this week all right. So I hope that you put your gloves down over this one and agree with me. I don't, I, I really think that this is non-negotiable. So I, it's coach Steve, if you've got anything to say, I'm ready to fight you over this one. Why women should train their upper body. Why? Because firstly, the reason that we're even asking this question is because I think when women first go into the gym, this is just a generalization. A lot of programs are designed in terms of, you know, booty blasting. Um, let's get the most out of those legs. You know, even legs 11 that we just spoke about before. It's it's all about um, sculpting that lower body. We see we see booties everywhere. We see silicon booties. We see booties are the flavor of the, the month. So um, I can see why people like to do that. But also not just that. From... Uh, a point of view of feeling good in the gym, women are very strong in their lower body. So it's naturally something that you're drawn to train because you can improve very, very, very quickly there. And you you actually get that thrill when you can squat a lot and um, do those like exercises and you feel pretty like a badass. So you're drawn to doing that as well, because in naturally it's sort of, it sounds weird, but it's easier for us in general to train our legs. It's only once you start to dabble in the upper body, get a program and see some results that you realize that upper body day or, you know, if you're doing a full body program, then upper body exercises are just as exciting as lower body. Um, I cannot explain to you how exciting and thrilling it is to overhead press a great deal of weight Uh, today. There were, I'm not, I'm only saying this because it's, it's in the podcast. I'm not saying it because I'm good at stuff or anything like that, but I have worked a lot on my upper body and I was pressing over my head the same as a couple of people were squatting um, in the squat rack. And the, the, those women were saying, oh gosh, you know, I don't feel good squatting my thing, but everyone's different. But what I'm saying is it is so empowering. You feel so amazing when you get so strong in the upper body. So there, that is one reason why um, it's just empowering. Secondly, because we like to talk about physique development here at M Challenge, we we really like to talk about having the ultimate physique. You really need to have a balanced physique. The ultimate physique isn't really, it's not really about being bigger or smaller unless you're a pro bodybuilder. It's actually about having symmetry. 
So um, you'll very quickly realize that there are parts of your upper body that you need to train to get that symmetry that you desire. So if you're after that sort of, if you're not naturally blessed with the hourglass, look, the way that you can actually get it is not to whittle yourself away into nothing. It's actually to make the parts around your waist bigger for the illusion of a smaller waist. So things like lats and shoulders come into play. You can get the look of a Dorito, I like to say, where you're, you're a triangle and then you can be um, another upside down Dorito the other way. But we're talking about upper body. So you want to get those, those lats. You want to get them happening. There's nothing better than um, a wonderful back physically on a woman and also in physique sports uh, shows are often won from the back and um, there are some young women coming up in the ranks now that have amazing backs so they've got the memo shoulders are next level to actually see physically um, they really complete your physique I'm telling you now uh, people think that you are better than what you are if you've got a massive set of shoulders I'm just telling you but anyway Apart from that, because people might say, okay, Coach Nick, I don't really care. I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't care. I don't want to get, quote, unquote, big or bulky. Well, firstly, we will just dispel that myth because, A, it's pretty hard to get big. Um, it's the body fat over the top of that that will make you po possibly look bigger. But we don't, we don't have as much testosterone as men, so it's going to not be that easy for us to get huge unless we're on gear which we're not talking about today so just get rid of that you are going to actually look more sculpted than what you think if you start doing that if you start training your upper body you will also have improved functionality in general so um it can help with everyday tasks like okay i don't know about you but i only like to do one trip in one trip max carrying my groceries in that now that I've got a strong upper body, there's no doubt about that. The other thing that I've noticed over the last couple of times that I've gone anywhere in, an, in um, where I've had to fly, I can grab everyone's bags and chuck them in the overhead locker and say to my whole family, you sit down, including Shane, and I'll do it. Now that is awesome. You know, I just love that for me. Um, you know, lifting children when you're younger, um, even breastfeeding or feeding overnight, you know, where you've got to actually lean over the baby. And um, if, 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 as long as, you know, if your posture is good, you're going to stop yourself from getting that sore back, sore neck. So that's the practical stuff as well. As well as um, we were I was talking to Chelsea in the podcast recently about her training horses and leaning over horses and things. And she'd never actually, this was our winner of the last challenge. She'd never actually trained her upper body at all. And she has uh, a chronic pain condition. So that actually has helped her now to, she's improved her posture and it helps her with her work with her horses as well. So um, that's really good. So better posture, strong upper body can improve that, um, reduces the risk of the back and the neck pain. Because uh, you, you would often, you're much more experienced than me at this coach, Steve, but how many women complain about a bad back? And you sometimes think, I think you really need to concentrate on, um, you know, not just glutes and, and legs, but, you know, your um, upper body as well, because that can really help to then carry your entire body in a nice way where you're not going to necessarily injure yourself as easily. Um, then there's just the, the practical stuff about improved bone density. I mean, the more muscle mass that you carry, um, it's just going to help in terms of that as well, um, re reduce the risk of osteoporosis. So that's just boring stuff. Well, it's not really boring at all. It's really important stuff. But um, yeah, better athletic performance is my favorite. I mean, 
you it translates to everything you know um your deadlift will improve if you if you've got no lats and you, you what are you lifting that deadlift with i mean you're pushing off the floor but i'm telling you to to hold on to those big loads you want to have a great set of lats on you um as i've said a million times doing a pull up in a gym is badass central so you want to be able to do your pull ups um and um, yeah, uh, just by me talking about this, you can tell it makes your confidence, you, you, your confidence skyrockets when you've got that sculpted upper physique. I'm telling you, somebody came up to me the other day. I keep saying that people came up to me, but they do come up now. I don't know why. Maybe I'm famous. Only one guy came up to me at the gym and I know him, so it wasn't that exciting. But he said, your physique has changed so much and I think it's your shoulders and your arms and it's just so balanced out. And it's like, yes. That's correct. I have my waist has not gotten smaller. My upper body has just gotten bigger, which has made me all look in proportion in the way that I should. So that's my different reasons. Um, oh yeah, just 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 remember, it doesn't mean that you look bulky at all, or or anything to do with masculine. Men don't own muscles, but I think we're we're past that in the challenge. I don't think that we need to really worry about that. From what I see, is celebrated on the Facebook group. Everybody's really absolutely appreciating that women can have a great set of guns and um, we need them. Um, yeah, so as I said, we have lower levels of testosterone than men typically. Um, so it's going to be very, very hard for you to get supremely jacked um, on just some rice and, and tuna and, and some protein powder. So go for it. Why Why do you, if you're going to be against me, Coach Steve, I was going to say Coach Shane, but you're Coach Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you, because I was just getting ready for a battle, you see, and that's what I do with Shane. So why would you say women shouldn't? No, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not say that they were double negative um, because it's silly. I think you're right where um, I think female fitness is drawn towards glutes, lower body, heck, even like core and abdominal training. We see that in things like, you know, yoga and Pilates. That's where, um, you know, the first step, someone wants to start exercising. That's where, you know, women are often directed towards and we see it um, in um, you know lifestyles in stereotypes where women might not be strong in their upper bodies um, you know even look at something like the push-up versus the quote um, you know female version of the push-up on your knees like why is that even a thing it's um, you know kind of built into our societies and you know talking about the risk of injury we do see a higher prevalence of shoulder neck and like upper back related um pain and injuries in women compared to men and i would argue that's very closely linked to the muscle mass in those areas where um for guys really easy for us to gain muscle mass in our upper body compared to our lower body women a lot easier to gain uh, muscle in their lower body compared to their upper body um and it's a lot more prevalent in older populations and it, it kind of makes sense, you know, you take yourself back a few generations where some of these older folks who come and see me in the clinic with shoulder pain, a few generations ago, they were doing no exercise, let alone any upper body exercises. So no wonder they have um, changes in their shoulders and their necks and everything because they just don't have that muscle mass. So I'm interested to see how that might be changing in the future in terms of prevalence of those types of injuries. But I do think that when I see women in the gym training there's often a really high emphasis on lower body training gosh you're gonna go squat yeah max out leg press gosh load up the weights hip thrust woo, stack on the plates 
uh, upper body, ooh, maybe I'll just stick with the dumbbell tree and grab the three kilo dumbbells and do my chest press. So there's a, um, a mismatch of our intensity to complete these activities where, um, you know, high intensity to train lower body when it comes to upper body, uh, not the same level of oomph, you know? Um, and I think that if we were to apply more effort into that upper body, like you said, Nick, it could drastically develop our physique. It could drastically decrease the risk of um, pain and injury in our upper body um, and also benefit our lifestyle, right? Like, you know, how good does it feel if you're able to help, uh, you know, move the couch or to carry the groceries in one trip or to lift something into over in an overhead cabin in a in a, an airplane because you have that strength. So I think um, for, for many of us, specifically women in this podcast here, um, we, we, we need to put more oomph into the upper body so we can develop that area yes could you please make the title of this dorito dorito and the dorito central <laughs> dorito central because then people might actually want to listen to it because it's like involves tasty chips doritos mm. doritos no, is it what it is is it doritos no i don't know doritos doritos okay i haven't had a dorito in a really long time nick i know like it, we are not sponsored by doritos <laughs> No, I love it. All right, uh, Nick, I uh, would like to talk about a very uh, interesting topic for me um, and very forward topic in the tech world. And I want to talk about the evolution of knowledge in fitness. Okay. And this is prevalent because of the future of fitness and with respect to the uh, past of fitness and how we uh, can decipher information um, and to improve our critical thinking around fitness and health and nutrition, okay? And the reason why is just because there's a lot of bullshit in health, there's a lot of bullshit in fitness, there's a lot of bullshit in body transformation. And when you complete the challenge, um, you know, you're gonna be on your own and you don't wanna fall victim to the latest, you know, Instagram Instagram or, or TikTok trend um, and that leads you down a, a, a rabbit hole. So let's talk about a little bit of critical thinking, a little bit of the evolution of, of fitness um, and then the per potential future of fitness. Ooh, future Ooh, fitness. goodness. Okay. So firstly, we need to respect that the start of the knowledge of fitness came from um, anecdotes. It came from the gurus, right? And you see that now, you know, people are still hung up on their favorite bodybuilder of the 60s or 70s, what they did, right? As if they're a guru. And we see that in, across lots of industries of like guruism, you know, there's the one person who know, knows it all, they have all the anecdotes and they have the answer, the only answer. And that can be very dogmatic, you know, as if like this was the one way to do it and it's the one way to do it forever, which um, we know knowledge uh, adapts and grows. One look at the uh, medical world and you could see how, um, you know, a few centuries ago, people were using leeches to try to extract blood to cure diseases and now we're using medication, right? A few centuries ago or so, you know, um, bacteria and germs and, and, you know, sanitization didn't even exist and now we understand the role of microbiomes in the environment. So things and knowledge grows and there's no different into the fitness space. So if you're hung up on your favorite guru or, um, you know, listening to people say, oh, in my experience, X, Y, and Z, and I'm very cautious about using that because I hate saying in my experience this, um, maybe they're not the people that we want to be basing a lot of our um, understanding of fitness from. Now, fast forward to, you know, the past couple of decades, we have established a very large uh, evidence-based 
fitness um, database, right? Where we use evidence and what evidence is, is, is taking an anecdote and timesing it by a hundred, right? So instead of me watching Nick, how she trains, you know, a case study of one, I might, uh, I might observe a population of coach Nick's, you know, a hundred, 200 coach Nick's and look at a broader sense and go, okay, if I get a hundred or 200 people to follow this training program, what's the outcome? And I might find that 50 um, of those people got really great results. 50 of those people didn't get any results. Um, and then a hundred of those people actually got negative results. So then I can conclude that on average, following this training program actually decreases our training over time. So this is where evidence-based practice comes in where we go, okay, you know, we can decipher through different articles and journals and try to come up to get uh, with a, an idea, but that, but that gets really hard, Nick, you know, I've done a master's degree on reading research and geez, I suck at it. Right. And there's no expectation that you just an average <laughs> fitness enthusiast should be reading research. And that's not the, not the, um, the, the goal of this. So what do we do instead? There are some really intelligent science communicators that have deciphered these, you know, really complex studies and meta uh, metaphysiological ideas around training into principles. And that's essentially what training and fitness and health and heck the challenge is now where we follow um, cases and principles that uh, apply to the vast majority. Okay. And a lot of our training and the challenge, a lot of our training at the moment is algorithm based. Lots of if then ideas, you know, if your goal is weight loss, then this, you know, if you are of this weight and this height, then this, if your goal is to build your biceps, then this, if then this, then that is the, the concept of it. And a lot of our decisions um, are decisions that have used algorithms or used early concepts of artificial intel intelligence. Okay. Which leads into the main point of my coach's corner is to embrace artificial intelligence in the future of your fitness journey. Okay. And it's probably something that you do right now, where if you integrate, if you use any sort of app or formula or um, computation or spreadsheet, um, you're probably using some early versions of um, AIs. If, you, if you've used the challenge, that's essentially an AI where we're using algorithms to predict and prescribe something to you more personal, more personally. And if you have been living under a rock in the past couple of months, there's been a huge uh, explosion in artificial intelligence, in AI, in large language models, um, LLMs, um, primarily through ChatGPT. Okay. And um, what I've done today, Nick, is I've actually gone onto ChatGPT and I asked ChatGPT, can you, talking to the AI, can you predict how AI can be used by those with muscle building and fat loss goals in the future? Okay. And this, this is the answer that ChatGPT gave me, which I thought would be interesting because I think in the future, as we understand what questions, better questions to ask individuals, we can prescribe um, better training programs, better nutrition plans so that we can expedite the muscle building and fat loss goals, right? Those pursuits, we can get better at that because at the moment we're really close, you know, 90% of the way, but we could always get better. And if we can leverage a computer um, and leverage different data points and make these really complicated um, calculations, we can prescribe better models. And in the future, Nick, I think most um, fitness professionals, most jobs will be replaced by an AI. 
What role a coach will have, and coach specifically, not fitness professional, is that role of the, 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 the final touch-ups where you, you might use an AI to prescribe a training program, describe a nutrition plan, um, but a coach might be there just to do the, the, the final review of it all and then to provide motivation, support, um, and problem solving, right? Where an AI might not be able to help with that. And, you know, realistically right now, you can go onto any, you can go onto Google and type in nutrition plan for weight loss and it will give you one. And you can do that right now. You can go to ChatGPT and you can type in, write me a nutrition plan for weight loss and it will provide you one. The more information we can provide it, the better outcome. So this is the answers that ChatGPT gave me on how in the future an AI can help with muscle building or fat loss goals. So in no particular order, the first one that he said was to personalize workout and nutrition plans. So AI could be used to develop personalized workout and nutrition plans based on individual goals, preferences, and physical abilities. This could involve analyzing data from wearable fitness trackers, dietary information, and medical records to create tailored plans and optimize muscle building or fat loss. And I think this is really cool where at the moment we ask a series of questions as fitness professionals to help tailor a program. And those questions could be, what are your goals? You know, what are your biometrics? Um, you know, what are your preferences, X, Y, and Z? But we might not have access to large data inputs like all the data that could be drawn from an activity tracker, like a smartwatch, medical records, um, previous history, dietary information, you know, even like blood sampling and stuff. We don't have um, that power, that technology, or even to ask the right questions to apply it to any sort of um, prescription. So if we can use a large computer model, that can make it really powerful and really personalized all through an AI. The next point they made was about virtual coaching. So AIs could be used to provide virtual coaching to individuals who are unable to attend in-person training sessions, um, basically talking about how AI-powered um, assistants could be there to guide you through a workout and use real-time feedback. So imagine wearing a smart device of some sort and an AI was there, you know, analyzing you as you exercise and was able to provide you with feedback. And there are some interesting AIs, um, wearable technology now that can actually do that, that can predict your effort in training um, and asking the right questions, looking at the right data to see if you're training at the highest potential that you can. Next point would be to automate tracking and analysis. So this is about uh, AI could be used to automate the tracking and analysis of data related to muscle building or fat loss. This could, review, it could involve analyzing workout data, nutrition logs, sleep patterns, provide insights into progress and areas of improvement. So Nick, at the moment, we're talking lots about tracking your progress, you know, body weight changes, how's your sleep, how's your hydration, you know, manually trying to find numbers to quantify your progress. Imagine if you, uh, an AI can do that all that for you, where it can um, determine your quality of sleep, determine how hydrated you are throughout the day, determine how many calories you're actually consuming versus um, expending and you know tracking more information so you can get a really good picture on your data. And then it could analyze it all for you and go, hey, Steve, you're actually you know not hydrated at the time of your training or 20 minutes into your workout, you are reaching a dehydration level, which is affecting the rest of your workout. Okay, great information. I can apply that further. Next point it said was it could use predictive modeling. So AI could be used to predict the effectiveness of different workouts and nutritional strategies for muscle building or fat loss. This could involve analyzing data from previous workouts, nutrition logs, and genetic testing to predict strategies that are most likely to be effective. 
So I think this is really cool where you could feed this information into a model and it could say, hey, Nick, for you, for your body shape, your genetics, your environment, um, this type of training is better suited for muscle building goals. So it can analyze endless data to provide that for you, which I think would be really cool. And then the final point it made was that AI could help to build virtual reality workouts. So imagine in the future, you are able to put on a headset and you are now in a, I don't know, a jungle doing a workout and you're climbing trees and you're swinging on vines and you're doing all the good stuff in a, in a VR environment. Um, so it could be a great way to build muscle, expend energy and make it really fun and exciting. So I think the future of fitness um, can be really cool. Um, it can be daunting, can be uh, scary for some individuals, but it is another tool that we can use and that we can get uh, better information for ourselves, more efficient strategies to reach our goals, and basically a, a, a PT that could be next to you 24-7 that you can ask it questions and advice and guide you along the way. Now, in the, the scary part is like, where, where do we fit in all of this? You know, are we going to be replaced? Yeah, maybe one day. But the role of um, understanding the experience of weight loss, understanding the experience of building muscle is really powerful. Being there to help with problem solving is, is something a computer might not be able to do right now, you know, to say, oh, I'm not losing weight. Okay, what, what, what is the missing part here? All right, we have all this data. How do you even interpret all that data? How do you interpret the human? And that's the, the, the personal aspect of personal training. That's what a coach could do. So I don't see a coach or a PT um, going anywhere soon. I think a fitness professional, if their job is just to write programs, uh, like, an AI right now, you're going to chat GPT, write me a strength training program to build my biceps. I can spit out a pretty nice program for you. Um, but the application of that can be really challenging. So Nick, that is a little bit of a, a tip or a summary of the evolution of fitness. And I think in the future, we will be using AI more and more and more. That'll just be part of our everyday lives, just like the smartphone, just like the internet, just like a telephone. Um, it'll be something that we, we, we lean on and leverage every single day. Definitely. Very interesting. And if anyone's resistant to that, then you've just got to think of how many things you already used, like, like you've just mentioned, you know, even just tracking our data and things like that. I mean, that's just the beginning. So um, yeah, I think there's probably, there's always going to be room, even th there was a debate even about bringing in virtual classes for group fitness as to whether people would like that or not, but they've got their place as well as still having your group fitness instructors that go out and, and chat to people one-on-one -on -one in, in real time as well. So, um, you know, I, I think there's, it's about learning and embracing and using it in a, in a way that is going to actually serve you well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think it's it's just another tool, another tool that we can leverage. It might not completely replace, right? Like you can't get an AI to do the exercise for you. Um, you might maybe, I don't know, get a, an AI to do the meal prep for you one day in the future, but you still physically have to eat the food or maybe you get the AI to feed you. I don't know. But like when it comes to exercise, you still need to contract your muscle, right? So, um, you know, there's yeah, we still- We haven't, haven't worked out a way to do no. that yet. Unless no. you're using some sort of TENS machine to electrically stimulate a muscle, but you know, there's still a part that we need to input into it. So I think in the future, AI will be um, deeply ingrained into fitness um, and hey, it could make for, uh, you know, more efficient 
muscle building and fat loss strategies, which is exciting, right? Imagine, you know, putting in 12 weeks of effort, but you're really getting 20 weeks worth of, um, you know, results in 12 weeks because of more efficiency with programming. So um, I think that is exciting and how we can use um, computers even more than we do now to get better results. Bring it on. Bring it on. Whew. Hmm? Nick, let's wrap it up there for episode, episode number 11 of The Coach's Corner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know and we'll catch you next week, episode number 12. How good? How good. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.